Good morning. Uh, today we are in the uh, third discipline. And so today's discipline is about praying. And so uh, when we're praying, one of the things that we sometimes forget about is perspective. What we're looking at. What we see. The attitude we undertake. Right? Yes. Exactly. I mean, you know, the way we see things can be different sometimes, right? So now I hear the giggling, so now I'll turn around. <laughs> Faith and discipline. That is the topic of the year. We have been dealing with these first weeks, the disciplines of our faith. You know the artwork. There are copies there and there. Uh, you can keep it in your Bible or on your refrigerator or wherever. It's just a reminder of the emphasis of 2023 that we are going to be spending uh, talking about our faith and discipline. In these first uh, quarter, we are talking about the disciplines of our faith. And, and I, years ago, used to teach this with young people. And it basically identifies six particular practices, things that we are, are expected and called upon and quite honestly are good for us to do uh, as children of God. And so we've, we've been through them one time, all six disciplines. I'll go ahead and give them to you. They're uh, spend time with the master. Spend time with God. The second one is to live, abide in God's word. The third one is to pray in faith. And that's what we're doing. That's the one we're talking about today, that we pray our prayer life, what, what that looks like and how we undertake our prayer life. The fourth one is that we fellowship together as believers. And the fifth one is that we witness to the world. We share the good news with the world. And the last one is that we serve and minister to others. And so those six things, if we undertake to do those, things in some part every day you see we are engaging in disciplines of faith we're doing the things that we ought to do whether we feel like it or not you know I, 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 I talk about it all the time I mean I have been running since I was 17 years old some days I didn't want to but I did it anyway because running was a benefit to me in two ways. Because I have asthma, it exercises my lungs and allows me to breathe. And the second thing is it allows me to eat what I want to eat, right? It's a double benefit if I run consistently, right? So um, last week I was sick. Uh, I, I had been on vacation the week before and came home sick. And so Saturday night I was running a fever and I, I asked, uh, Nick was already scheduled to preach the first and second one last week. So I just texted him Saturday night and said, go ahead, preach all four. And so uh, thank you for Nick doing that. He's running around making sure everything's covered. But anytime I run a temperature, a fever, I get fever blisters and and so it looks like angie and i got in a fight but that ain't what happened okay and then somebody asked me did i face plant i didn't face plant no i, I it's just it's, that's just the sores from the from being sick last week so um but thank you for um for praying for my mom and all I'll always give that update she's doing really well uh she's she's undertaking her own tasks and things now so i'm only going up every other week for a while and sometimes that just for an afternoon so 
The disciplines of faith. What, if you were to identify in your life, other than the six I just gave you, what things do we engage in, do we do that are about strengthening our walk with Christ, about pursuing the righteousness, the, 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 the maturity, spiritual maturity in Christ that God wants us to grow in. I mean, we're supposed to grow up. You know, I, I love when people come to my office and they sit across from me and they start telling me things that, that are, are struggles for them. And I say, well, let me quote the Apostle Paul. Grow up in the faith, right? Because, I mean, that's what he says. He says we're to grow up in the faith. And, and, and too many times a lot of the struggles we have have to do with immaturity, childishness, Right? So, so when we start talking about the disciplines of our faith, those things that we undertake because they are good for us, they grow us, they build us, they engage us in, in this growth process with, with God and in our, our faith. So we're in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Uh, you'll hear the reference to prayer in here, so uh, here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pray with me. Father, this morning we gather to celebrate you. We've had this incredible privilege of walking and talking with you all week. And so, God, this morning we come together as your family, as the body of Christ, and and we want to worship. God, we want to exalt you. We want to lift high the name of Jesus and realize, God, that that we get to be Uh, ambassadors, as Paul called it, to a world that needs the good news. So God, help us to hear from you this morning, not me. Help us to hear your word. God, help us hear your voice as you speak to us through your word. God, help us to understand what it is you long to see in our lives because it's for our good and for your glory. So God, help us to pay attention to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Perspective. You know, you ever, you ever see people that, that walk around like this and then they bump into stuff? Or maybe you see people like this and they step off in a hole, right? Uh, perspective's a big deal. It, it, it's kind of the where you look and, and, and why you look at things the way you do. And, and so as I was preparing this week and, and, and considering what was going on, we've got several things in these, these, these few verses uh, that, that sort of encourage us to three things, I think. One is peace. I think there's some things in this, th- these four verses that, that encourage us to peace. They encourage us to trust. They encourage us to rest. What's Paul's perspective? All right, so Wednesday night, if you were here for Wednesday eating meeting, I made a little bit of a mistake there when I was talking about Philippians. We were in chapter 2 Wednesday night for a few minutes, and and I, I call it the pastoral epistles. That's not it. These are the prison epistles. Paul is writing from a Roman prison. 
and, and the prison. Of, you know, we call them that. You know, Paul didn't call. He didn't sit down in prison and go, okay, I'm going to write four letters and call them the prison epistles. It's not what he did. We call them that so we can keep them straight in the New Testament. Uh, so he's writing to the, to the congregation, the believers in Philippi, from prison. Um, it, it's, not, it's not the happiest perspective. It, it, it's not a joyful place. You know, he's incarcerated as such, whether it's an, a, a house arrest kind of thing or, or there are guards around him. We know there are guards around him because he talks about the guards hearing the gospel because he's preaching the gospel to the guards while he's in prison. So whatever it is, his perspective is not prison. His perspective is kingdom. See? He's not looking at what's going on around him. He's looking at what God has promised him. And so when we get this, see, it's interesting that in chapter 3, he spends a long time, several, several, a large section of chapter 3 on just what it means to know Christ, to, to have this relationship with Jesus, who we are in Jesus Christ, what it is that, that God has accomplished in us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and how God has purposed for our lives kingdom perspective. Kingdom perspective you see what are we looking at are we are we looking at at culture are we looking at society or are we looking at the kingdom you see that's perspective right um so 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 thinking about those things we know that that in Christ, we have something. And in Christ, we are pursuing, reaching forward. The second part of chapter 3 talks about pressing on, reaching forward to what God has in store for us, right? And then we get to chapter 4, and it says, Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. We, we understand what that means. I don't have to break that down for you. That means, you know, you get planted in what God has done. You get planted in who Jesus is. You get planted in, in, in what God's doing in us, and we stand firm in that. And it's really interesting that in chapter 4, leading up to verse 4, uh, <clears throat> Paul takes just a, about a <clears throat> two verses to confront conflict. Right? Listen, and, and I don't have this for the screen, Pat, sorry, but it says, uh, after he says, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends, then in verse 2 he goes, I urge Yodia and I urge Sintich to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. See, Paul is emphasizing the unity of who we are, not the conflict that's separating them. And I think it's, you know, guess what? If, all right, so let's say we all gather here. We're all Philippians. We're the congregation at Philippi, right? Let's see, I have to pick on somebody I know I can pick on. All right. <laughs> All right. Let, we'll, 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 say it's, uh, we'll say it's Scott and Lois are over there. And, and all of a sudden, we've gotten this letter from the Apostle Paul. And Paul's writing about who we are in Christ and how, how we have this incredible blessing in Christ and, and that we have this, this relationship with God in Christ. And, and by the way, Scott and Lois, quit arguing. Can you imagine showing up on Sunday morning for the reading of Paul's letter to the congregation and all of a sudden your name being mentioned in the letter, 
right? So, so whatever conflict was going on between Yodia and Sintish, that, that something there had risen to the level that it had been reported to Paul. And Paul's going, look, look, there's something more important than y'all. Something more important than your perspective or your opinion. You see, we're in this kingdom effort. We're in this, this gospel effort for the world's sake, for God's glory, not for your personal preferences, right? And see, that's what, and, and I think it's interesting that he takes that little, those couple little verses to go, oh, by the way, stop arguing with each other, right? See, I, I think that's a message to the body of Christ today. You know, I mean, guess what? All right, so y'all are the 810 crowd. You know, when the, when the parking, when the parking follies begin, we encourage this hour's worship to park on this side. Okay, fill up the little parking lot over there, fill up the grass over here, park across the front and everything. Because at 925, guess what? We got friends coming to town, right? It's going to get crowded on this corner. But not only are they friends, but, but you know, just like their family. We're not going to run over them. See? We want the message of the gospel to be the thing that reigns, not the name tags we wear. Okay? All righty. So, addressing conflicts served together. It's all about perspective. Rejoicing or lamenting? Rejoicing or lamenting? Uh, many scholars, commentators, people called the, the book of, of Philippians um, a, a, a book of joy. That, that Paul is just talking about joy all through the book. He's talking about what it means to have joy in Christ. Now, remember, his perspective is he's in prison, but he's writing about joy. He's writing about what it means to have joy, to be in joy, to enjoy who we are in Christ. But he's writing from, from, from the perspective of sitting in a Roman incarceration, Right? How many times do you know people who are going through tough times uh, put aside their tough times to remind you what it means to have joy? Right? You know the old saying, misery loves company? That's not true. I've shared this before. Misery only loves miserable company. Misery wants to make you miserable too. Let's wallow in it together. See, Paul's not in a great situation here. But but Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Not, not some ways, not sometimes, but always rejoice in the Lord. Now, I listened to one message this week when I was running, and uh he and, and this pastor preacher, he said it, it's a it, it's about where you reside and where your citizenship is. He said, you know, your residence might be where you're staying. Because remember last week, Nick asked the question I asked a month ago. Where do you stay? Where do you live? Well, I live in, on, on Wind Ridge Road, or I live in Hampstead, or I live in um, wherever. 
And you tell people where you live, but where is your citizenship? Because what the Bible teaches us in Christ is, is that we're citizens of the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. We just happen to be living here. So our perspective is heavenly, though our residency uh, might be gravel road. You see what I mean? And so, so are we rejoicing or are we lamenting to, to have joy, to be in joy? You see? And I, I love it. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, all right, why did he do that? Well, God inspired it for one thing, but he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And I almost think that the people in Philippi sitting in church that Sunday went, always? And again, I say rejoice, right? The emphasis. Yeah, no, no, not some ways, not sometimes. Always rejoice. I don't, and I, you can almost hear the backside of his statement being, I don't care what you're going through. Even if I care about you, I don't care about the circumstances because God wants us to rejoice in him in spite of our circumstances. I mean, in chapter 2, he talks about, he said, you've already joined me in the struggle that I'm in. And he's writing from prison. Because the Philippian church is that church. They were a kind and gracious and compassionate church. And, and they had taken up this offering to support the mission ministry of Paul. And so they wanted, they, 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 they wanted, they had sent an emissary with this offering to find out how Paul was doing. So Paul's writing back to them going, hey, I'm rejoicing in prison. You see, I'm rejoicing in bondage. I'm rejoicing because the food stinks here. I mean, prison food stinks, I think. I don't know. So, so, so therein is the encouragement, but almost the, the imperative that our perspective not be our circumstances, our perspective be heaven and kingdom. And in that we rejoice no matter what our circumstances are. He goes on to say, let your graciousness, gentleness, some translations say, be known to everyone. Ever known... <laughs> Of course you have. I don't even have to ask that question. Ever known a complainer? As a pastor over the last 40 years, I, I've generally called them contrarians. Right? Just contrary. You know, th you can have 90% of stuff going well. And what are they going to talk about? The 10% that ain't. Right? And it's just like, and, and, and I know for me on a Sunday, man, that's the one, they're going to catch me in the hallway, right? See, and, and we know those people. So, so the question is, do, do we join the contrary or do we rejoice in what God has provided? Are, are we being gracious? Are we being gentle? Are, are we being encouragement and encouraging to others? <clears throat> Nick and I were having a conversation this morning about the gathering and, 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 and he, he brought up the idea of the mission of, of, of discipling and training. And I said, you know what? Uh, my goal, uh, this gathering, going back these 13 and a half years now, uh, the goal is, is to encourage and to excite people to go live Jesus. Go out in this community and have Jesus conversations. 
Look for opportunities to talk about God's blessing in your life. You see, I mean, it's really easy to talk about the news. It's also disgusting. It's really easy to talk football or NASCAR in the South. Right? You know, what we need to sort of acquire is this, this opportunity and, 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 and sort of sight, having eyes to see and ears to hear, that when a conversation starts, how can I bring up Jesus? How can I bring up the hope that I have in, in kingdom? How can I show others my rejoicing? See, the graciousness and gentleness of an indwelling spirit that God has given to us. Let it be known to everyone. And then he says this, and this is one of those curious little sentences in here that, that makes you go, the Lord is near. I'm thinking, oh my. You know, why? he threw that in there. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. I'm thinking, right right well you, you can translate that also the lord is present you see we are in christ christ is in us so the thing that should be pouring out of us is the grace of god the graciousness of who we are in christ right y'all i can be just as mean as anybody i promise some of you know that we were laughing last night because when Amanda was a uh, secretary here, uh, I would come in after having a bad morning or something, and uh, I, I would hear her tell people coming in the office, well, he's snippy today. <laughs> he's snippy today. I go, what? Right? You know, the point is, is that, <clears throat> is that we react or respond based on perspective. Right? If, if my circumstances are not going well, my response might not be well. If my, if my perspective is kingdom and grace and glory, then, then my graciousness will be the overflow of God's grace in me. You see, that's what... So, we like control. We like to run things. Y'all know that? We like being in charge. I've been laughing out there. Everybody wants to know how mom's doing. She's doing great. Uh, I went to do four things this week, and just as I was getting ready to leave, she said, I'll tell you what I want. I said, okay, mom, tell me what you want. She said, I want that lampshade on that lamp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that too, right? You see what I mean? We like moving the pieces around, but the truth is, is we're not in control. We're not in control. So do we worry about what we can't control or do we trust that God has it in control? You know, if you want the peace, if you want the, the trust, if you want the, the kind of rest that God has guaranteed for us in, in our relationship with him and through his word, then we've got to trust his control. He's the king. Right? We've been saying this. I've been saying this, I know, for the last three years. Who do we trust in the world we live in? Right? We trust politicians, news, 
You know, who do we trust? I'm just trusting God. Therefore, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not, you know, hey, I, what can I really do? Uh, all during these last three years, people say, Bobby, do you think we're in the end times? And I go, well, you know, y'all know my answer to that. It's closer than it was yesterday. I don't know. But it doesn't matter whether we're in the end times or not. It's not going to change how I act and the choices I make today because God's called me to make these choices every day for his kingdom and for his glory. You see, how do you live? How do you how do you respond and react to others? And then probably the um the admonition we struggle with the most, let, uh, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Remember I told you, I memorized in King James. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, even if you, uh, we, we, we sort of falter and let worry brush up against us or contrary get in our way, or circumstances overwhelm and, and encumber our perspective. What should we do first? I mean, if, if, if our circumstances, our residency, so to speak, is, is uh, impairing our perspective so that we're not rejoicing, so that we're not gracious and gentle, so, so that we're having the conflict of the, the ladies in the church kind of thing in, in, in Philippi. Right? We're, we're not able to have the perspective of the kingdom that God expects and has given to us to have. What should we do first? Pray. Pray. Get on your knees. I mean, I know we can pray like this. Or we can pray like this. But there is an incredible humbling that takes place when you actually get on your knees to pray. Uh, we had a, a guy down in Georgia would go into the worship center when nobody was in there and he'd lay on the floor on his face. Just lay down on the floor. And every now and then one of us would be walking through there and go, right? You know, pray praying and, and and there's some things to remember when you pray we don't worry about anything because we cast our cares on god right don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition i mean we're we're, we're told you, you have not because you ask not or you have not because you ask in the wrong way you see we're supposed to go to God and, and ask God. That's one of the things I was taught in my childhood. And you ask God for everything. Now, I don't mean like cars and stuff, but I mean, <clears throat> I remember the lesson I told mom this not long ago. And I know I'm talking about, I mentioned mom about four times this morning, but <clears throat> she said, you know what? She said, if you were to lose your keys, you wouldn't know where they were, would you? I said, no. She said, but God does. Ask him to show them to you. I was, I was just, I remember I was a young, a, a teenager when she told me that, right? In all things, right? Thanksgiving, just in November, 
right? Thanksgiving only in November. No, always with thanksgiving. Making our requests known to God, you see? That's what he's encouraging us to do, is that, that, that we trust him with everything. Present your requests to God. And, here's the continuation, you ready? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Trust God. Talk to God. Ask God. Rejoice in God. Get the perspective of God's kingdom in your heart and mind so that when the world is going nuts all around us, it's not the nuts that we see. It's the kingdom of God that we see. And that is our peace, and that is our trust, and that is our rest. Because we already know everything around us is going. It will not endure. Right? So I want to hang on tight to God. I want to hang on tight to Jesus. I want to grow my faith. I want to grow up in my faith. I want to have that kind of assurance that, that I am standing firm and who, who God has adopted me to be. So last week the question was, where do you stay? This week is, the where do you think? Where do you let your thoughts abide? I woke up yesterday morning mad. I don't even know what I was mad at. I don't know. I don't remember my dreams hardly ever, but I woke up yesterday morning just kind of like couldn't figure it out. I was trying to figure out why I was mad. And so the first thing I did, I was like, all right, I know what to do. So I got up, got onto my computer and started writing the next devotional for gathering in the Word. Just get back into the Word. Get back into God's presence. Let God provide the peace that passes understanding. And guess what? The mad went away. It's remarkable. That's the perspective we're supposed to have in Christ. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that there is a perspective, God that you have given us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, to, to abide in your presence, to, to pay attention to your word, to pay attention when you speak, to, to, to gain understanding, not just of, of what we can know of you by revelation and how we can get to know you better, but God, how that changes who we are. God, the more we seek your face, the more we are transformed. So God, help us to have perspective, kingdom perspective, so that when our residency is, is in chaos, our citizenship is sure, and we can stand firm and know the peace and the trust and the rest that you've provided for us. God, thank you for loving us. 
God, help us to love you more. Help us to love you better. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.